Ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. This is Piyush and Rajiv again on Rebel Radio India. This is episode seven. This episode is going to be really, really cool because we will be reviewing the entire year for you. We will be talking about our favorite fights in the UFC, and we'll also be talking about fastest submissions or great submissions, knockouts, and we also have some really controversial. topics to discuss like Conor McGregor, Jake Paul and Adam the Baddy Plimbit Paddy Paddy Pimblit Paddy the Pimblit Pimblit <laughs> my apologies the for Pimblet. the mispronunciation but again yeah this is going to be an exciting episode so this year Piyush has been an awesome year for UFC we have seen so many great fights so many great uh, so many great upsets great knockouts and submissions So let's take it from here because let's discuss. Uh, I know we will be clashing with each other when we talk about our favorite fights, but I'm going to give it to you so we can discuss your top three or five fights that you saw this year. And then I'm going to interject when, whenever and whenever necessary. All right. So first of all, 2022 was a very special year for uh, combat sports. First of all, because last year, if you remember, 2021, it was the year of COVID. and oh. most of the sports was uh, were not happening and even ufc events happened in closed doors so there was no audience there was no crowd and 2022 the crowd came back the excitement of the ufc event which we used to have earlier came back once again so this was and this year produced some great great fights some yes. really riveting clashes happened so i'm riveting super excited clashes. what's up with you bro i'm i'm taking my english lessons <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, so I'm really amped up to discuss my favorite fights, and I know we did this thing where we prepared a list of our uh, favorite yes. fights. So let's start with the top five uh, favorite fights, and I think I have a list here. I'll just quickly check. Till then, <laughs> till then, yeah. So, so, so I'll start with my f- top five fifth number fight being Calvin Cater versus Giga Shikadze. Oh, what? This was a. very very brutal fight i would say the most brutal fight of uh, 2022 uh, in this fight giga almost battered bloodied up took the fight to calvin cater till the very end and calvin who is such a promising athlete he just gets beaten by some of these top elite level fighters like max holloway he brought on a fire that we had never seen before in him he for five rounds he just abused giga with his punches kicks elbows then took the fight to the ground did heavy ground and pound so all in all this was a great fight did you did you see this one no i did not unfortunately yeah so this was a fight if you haven't seen guys please go and watch it okay so uh, my fight i'm going to start with ufc 274 or uh, let's uh, let me start with UFC 273 and and by the way guys that fight was from UFC 270 so if you want to go watch yeah, it 273 i'm sure a lot of you guys will agree gilbert burns versus mr khamzat chimayev i mean my heartbeat almost stopped in that fight because gilbert burns came as an underdog khamzat was uh, proving to be a menace in his division he was just taking out people as if they were paper bags they were just carrying people the korean dude he just carried him off took him to dana white choked him out so when khamzaid uh, was uh, set to face gilbert burns even though gilbert burns is one of the greatest fighters in the ufc today because great striking great wrestling and obviously world champion bjj athlete 
So the first round, I remember Gilbert uh, was uh, kind of intimidated, in my opinion, and Kamzad was like he, he always is, in your face, uh, saying that I'm going to kill you, all that stuff that he says. But again, as the rounds went on, Gilbert started loosening up. He started finding a way to hurt Kamzad. And Kamzad started feeling slightly fatigued. He started feeling the pressure that uh, Gilbert Burns was bringing on to him and that fight went on to five rounds of... It was, it was a three-round fight. Oh, it was uh, a three-round fight. My body just... also managed to knock him down at some point. Oh, remember? my God. I mean, I'm sure we both uh, can discuss these yeah. fights because it was a fight, almost the fight of the year for me, uh, or maybe the fight of the year for me because Gilbert Burns uh, was getting uh, pounded in the very first round. Kamzad, obviously, he doesn't believe in backing up. He just comes straight to you, starts punching you, starts mauling you to the ground and finishing the fight. But then suddenly you see Gilbert Burns slowly opening up. He starts landing a few great shots on Kamzad and Kamzad starts backing off. That was the first time in uh, Kamzad's, I think, fighting career where he was faced with such an adversary who was bringing the fight onto him and in his own terms. So I'm sure you watched this. What was your take 100%. on this? 100%. So this fight is also in my top five list. Okay. I have ranked it number three. Okay. Uh, so let's just give our fans a little bit of background between these two guys or like about these two guys. So Kamzat, as you said, he had been on a tear before this. He was knocking people out left and right. He competed within, I guess it was 19 days or 20 days between two UFC events and he knocked out two opponents. And then he goes on to uh, do that humiliating lifting of Li Jiang. Li Jiang, the Korean and bulldog? The, no, he's not the Korean guy. He's a Chinese. Okay. So uh, he lifts him up and he takes him to Dana White and then slams him and then chokes him out. RNC. It was crazy. So that was one of the highlight moments that he had and which really uh, brought a lot of global attention because Li is not a casual fighter. He is one of the best. Uh, one of the top guys in UFC and Kamzat who made a statement by doing this. And also his grappling is so good, so terrifying that people were really uh, scared of the mauling. They were not taking fights from him. At some point, Leon Edwards was going to go fight Kamzat. Um, after this fight, we can talk about how Kamzat had to match up with Nate Diaz. Yes. Because nobody was willing to take up fights with him. So this fight, Gilbert Burns, was a really important fight into his career because this was the first time he was going to face like a top three opponent in Gilbert Burns who was a title contender, title challenger previously, uh, having lost to Kamaru Usman. Yes. So Gilbert Burns really brought the fire, really brought the show, which we all expected. And as you said, it was goosebumps all over us when we were watching this fight, right? It's crazy. I it only was... have... One more fight, which I'll name later, that literally almost uh, put me unconscious because I was <laughs> terrified. It was as if I was fighting those fights. But yes, Gilbert Burns, I mean, what a fantastic performance. It was definitely the fight of the night bonus through if there was ever a voting on fans saying which was the fight of the year for. For me, so personally, I think it was the fight of the year, uh, UFC 273. And uh, like you said, I mean... I mean, I, I, you know, just thinking about the fight, because we were reviewing the fight a little early today, just to see if we've missed something, it still uh, brought about chills 
Or to me, you know, it was crazy. But yeah, I mean. So this is the hallmark of a great fight, isn't it? That even if you watch it twice or oh, thrice, yeah, yeah. it will still bring the same chill, yeah. same excitement into it's you. It's like watching a horror movie. You know what's <laughs> going to happen next. The door is going to creak, boom, there'll be a jump scare. But you still go on watching with uh, squinty eyes and suddenly you're like, oh, damn. I knew this was going to happen, but still it is. Yeah, I mean, it was still giving us chills when we were reviewing the fights earlier, wasn't it? And uh, it's interesting to note that Kamzat, right after the fight, said he, he wanted to knock out uh, Gilbert Burns. That's mm-hmm. why he was willing to take those risks. He, but the truth is that he tried to grapple with Gilbert, but Gilbert did a fantastic job of stuffing the takedowns mm-hmm. and also made it a dogfight. He, he did. sprawled in time. He almost knocked him down twice. He did. So he had uh, Kamzat in all sort of trouble and Kamzat surviving this. I mean, it could have gone either ways, but Kamzat got the W and uh, he went on to perform really well after that. Yes, I think. So yeah, the, my, I, w- I was not making a list uh, uh, chronologically, but yeah, because, because this was UFC 273 and UFC 273 support is, has, uh, is apparently the first yeah. uh, fight that I have in my list. So... So next, uh, coming, uh, going, to, going forward to the next fight in your list. Alright, so this one is Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. I don't know how I missed this one. Another, another classic uh, fight and this was the third fight between them. They already had two previous fights and uh, this was for the uh, championship. The <coughs> featherweight championship? Uh, I think it was the band of, flyweight championship. Flyweight cham- My bad. Flyweight championship of the world. And Figueredo used to be a very, very dominant champion till Brandon Moreno knocks on his door. He gives him his first loss. Uh, first fight was a draw, actually. The first fight was a draw. So it goes on to a second fight where Moreno rear naked chokes uh, Figueredo, who is himself from Brazil and is expected to have great grappling. But this Mexican man, uh, we remember that uh, promo that he cut where he said... I may, not, I may not be a champion today, tomorrow, one month from now, but I am going to be a champion. What a quote. Yeah. What a quote. So that is for the history books and he definitely delivered on it. He proved it right by becoming a champion, beating Figueredo. And this was the third fight. And this was, again, a very close battle. Uh, people said that Moreno got robbed because whenever these close fights yes. happen, uh, it could go either ways. Especially when it's a championship bout. Yes. Uh, most of the times in these close fights, it goes to the champion, but that's why people were upset about because uh, the champion lost and Figueredo won, who was a challenger. But anyways, if you haven't watched it, guys, please go and watch it. It was a great display of wrestling, of grappling, of uh, striking, everything, the whole package. This was one barn burner of a fight. Yes. All right, moving on to your list, Rajiv. You've been doing a lot of work, barn burner and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, the second fight uh, that I think uh, made it to my top five list or the five top fights of 2022, UFC 274, Gechi versus Oliveira. Okay, Gechi versus Oliveira, obviously, uh, Gechi likes to fight in the pocket. He is like this mad dog who likes to swing, get into battles where he doesn't mind getting hurt where, and he takes pleasure in hurting other people with his hard swings. Uh, I remember Gechi, uh, I think, rocking uh, Oliveira early in the round. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about these fighters previously because I feel Gechi used to be the fighter who used to fight very, very uh, uh, throwing caution to the wind style. Then he goes to Trevor Whitman, becomes a really solid boxer, comes and goes for a title contention. 
um, loses to Khabib obviously in that famous uh, triangle uh, situation from the mount uh, and then again climbs and claws his uh, way back to the title contention with Charles Oliveira right and I think it was this fight where Charles couldn't make weight it was the same fight right yes yes it was and uh, it was declared that if the fight if Gagey wins the fight he becomes a champion if he loses this the title remains mm. vacant yes. so that was the situation preceding this fight so it was a lot on uh, going for uh, Oliveira because he was like what 0.5 uh, yes. pounds over which is a very little margin for you to lose a championship and he said those famous lines uh, the champion has a name if you ah, yeah, yeah the champion has a name after the post fight yeah and that's Charles Oliveira so yeah coming back to the fight it was it was an interesting fight because uh, very different styles even though Oliveira likes to uh, trade punches but he is also quite kind of cautious because when he takes you to the ground, he will finish you up. I think Gechi was uh, like like Gechi always does uh, enjoy enjoys getting beaten up and beating other people. He rocked uh, Oliveira twice, right? Yeah. I mean, he was on the ground, but he was get up. I'm not and, gonna. And and as we have discussed, Oliveira likes to uh, just go to the ground immediately once he gets rocked. Yeah, let's like, talk about Oliveira's chin also. Yeah. Because it's that's kind of fragile. So his chin is so fragile. We have discussed this previously in our podcast, which led to his demise against Makachev as well. Yes. Uh, non grapplers wouldn't engage with him, and he would recover when he was on the ground. And that's the same playbook that we saw happen in this fight as well. Yes, because then Gechi. Uh, Gechi stands him up twice, which I think was a mistake. Uh, I mean, what would he even do? He would not want to go no, into see, his car, see, right? He, uh, Oliveira is a fantastic black belt, BJJ yeah. black belt, and he uh, takes the fight to the ground and finishes people. But uh, Makachev comes in as a wrestler, not, white belt, and goes down, uh, arm triangles the shit out of our friend Oliveira. But Makachev's and uh, Gechi's pedigree is very yeah, different. No, what I'm saying is Gechi, he's... One of the best fighters in the UFC, in his 100%. division. Uh, so I'm sure he has some resemblance of a ground game. So maybe he could have tied... I mean, there are lots of maybes. So in my opinion, I think maybe he could have taken the fight to the ground. Uh, not even getting into a submission grappling exchange, but ground and pounding him. You know, getting into the guard, ground and pounding him. And getting up, maybe tiring Oliveira slightly more. Because as soon as... Oliveira could manage to put Gechi to the ground. It was the beginning of the end. He takes uh, him to the ground and that RNC just sinks in out of nowhere. Yeah, and we, we remember watching that seated head and arm position yeah, where so he had the Kimura grip. Yeah, it was the Oshiro Sankaku. his legs. Yeah, he attempted Oshiro Sankaku yeah. with the rear triangle. And then um, he ends up exploding out. But immediately Oliveira pounces on him like a uh, backpack that he is yes. reminding of us uh, of uh, Damien Meyer and also Marcelo Garcia yeah. and then he finishes him from the backs but yeah very very uh, it was very exciting why exciting I chose match. it as one of the better fights of this year is because of the excitement value it had for me as a viewer I was always like ooh, ooh yeah. ah. all of Oliveira fights yeah, right? all of Oliveira all fights, of like fights he goes like oh no then he gets up oh yes oh no <laughs> because uh, I love Gechi a lot because I study uh, Trevor a little bit and Gechi being one of the students one of his students uh, he's always on the videos and Gechi seems to be a very nice guy also a fantastic fighter uh, but it was uh, it was a fight that I enjoyed a lot because it brought in a lot of these kind of movement, uh, moments for me. So that's why I picked this fight. So let's move on to your 
Next. So, so my number third fight was, as I said, um, Hamzat versus Burns. So we already discussed that. So I'll move to a number second fight. Hmm. And this is, again, a Gagey fight because Gagey just involves himself in these exciting mad brawls. And this was probably the second most, uh, you can call it, irrational brawl <laughs> that is on this list. And this is Chandler versus Gagey. I, I mean, what can I say about these guys? I mean, these guys were basically, let's go at it. They were like, Iron Mike Chandler, guys. Iron this Mike. guy is a freak of nature and he's so wild. Like every fight, he throws himself into the fire yes. and he prays for the best. <laughs> and most of the time, he gets the best results. But against these high-level grapplers who know uh, high-level opponents, who just know when to uh, put the, accelerate, uh, the foot on the pedal and accelerate... In those fights, he just succumbs. But other than that, it was a great, great fight. And if you remember, they were both bloodied and beaten up. Chandler was swinging wild in the last round. Fortunately, it was a three-round fight. If it would have been a five-round fight, someone would have died in that fight. I think so, because the amount of damage these guys were taking. I mean, uh, I'm getting you've seen, he f uh, when he swings with his right hand, sometimes he falls with the kind of, because of the <laughs> yeah. kind of momentum he generates. The power that he brings. Power, generate, uh, power that he generates. Similarly, Chandler, um, uh, people have been talking about his looping punches, but those looping punches is backed by tremendous torque. If that punch lands anywhere near to your chin, you are out. Uh, this reminds me of what Dustin Poirier had to said, say about their last fight, which just happened. Uh, Dustin said that at one point Chandler had him seriously hurt but if it was not for his looping punches attempt where he was just swinging wild overhand rights and if he would have gone for more straight punches he would have gotten him out of there yes I but, remember that but I think uh, maybe Chandler needs to uh, change that part of his game yeah because a lot of people uh, are talking about it and also as we as viewers and fans we tend to see that he likes to swing uh, because he's so athletic. I mean, if you see his Instagram videos, I yeah. mean, you see him striking less and doing this juggernaut of ex uh, juggernaut kind of exercises where he's exploding from every angle. Super explosive. I mean, he's a freak of nature, like you just said. I mean, it's so wonderful. But again, coming back to the fight, it was a mayhem. I would not call that a fight. I would not call that a fight because it was a mayhem, but a great mayhem. It's great at, entertainment. At, at, at one point in the third round, both of them were just standing in the pocket and Chandler was like, just let's stay here and bang. <laughs> Let's tear and I remember, uh, uh, I think uh, Whitman, when he went, uh, goes to the corner, he says, bro, I know you're enjoying this very much, <laughs> but we need to get this over with. Yeah. You know those... Uh, the, uh, let's you need these corners in your... Um, you need these coaches in your corner, yes, right? Yes. Because somebody has to make you sane because it's so easy to get into that yes. uh, fight situation where you are just trading punches. It sounds exciting. It looks exciting. But you at the end of the day, you need a victory. Yes. And so Trevor just comes in and he's like, bro, please get your act together. We need a, we need a W here. I know you're enjoying it. It was, uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, it was to the effect of, I know you, got, you are enjoying it a lot, but please, we, need, we are here for the win. Let's get it done. So that, yeah, I mean, if you've not seen this fight, I'm sure fight fans all across the country and the world have seen it. But I think it's time we just go back and review it once again, just for the entertainment and the excitement it brings. So yeah, great pick. Uh, can we move on to the next? Sure, your spec. Uh, oh, this one, I mean, UFC 275, Tashera versus Yeri. What a fight. I mean, 
I mean, what can I say about that fight? I mean, it was as if I was watching the most uh, drama-filled action thriller. You know, I mean, there were exchanges. At one point of time, somebody's getting rocked. The other point of time, it's the role is being reversed. People are getting knocked. People are getting taken down. And uh, me, as a Tashera fan, I was hoping he would win because he's also... A, a, a fantastic inspiration for me. He's 43 years old, fighting at top of the, I mean, the elite, with some of the most elite fighters in the world and winning. So what was, what did you think about the fight? I thought so highly of the fight that it was my number one fight. <laughs> so, okay, let's so, yeah, discuss we, it now. We Sorry about we, that. We are matching at a lot of levels here because obviously these were the best fights that yeah. the UFC had in 2022. But as I said, um, our man over here, um, Tashera. I was saying Oliveira for some reason. So Glover, Glover Tashera, he is an inspiration for a lot of people all around the world because he's 43, uh, 40 plus and uh, still trying to fight at the highest level of combat sport that the UFC is. Just that cements a lot of respect that I have for him. Yes. Other than that, <clears throat> the way he fought this fight because preluding to the fight... Uh, people uh, were dubbing it as the striker versus the grappler, where the striker was Yiri versus the grappler being uh, our Glover Takshera. But it just flipped, the script I just know. flipped in the uh, whole fight. It was, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was a soap opera for me. It was, we, we didn't know what was happening. Again, one of those fights where you're like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah, like Glover was at some point knocking down Yiri <laughs> and Yiri at some point was submitting Glover. Which and was, he did eventually and submit. he did Glover. eventually submit. But for this fight, like all the exchanges that happened, the wild mad rounds, uh, for me, the turning point was the fifth round. And oh, I'm yes. sure you'll agree with this because at one point, um, Glover had Yiri rocked against the fence. And how? And all he needed to do was just keep throwing those strikes but he chooses to go for a guillotine the most shabbiest move in all of submissions like RNC one of the best submissions um, then you have things like arm triangle everything uh, else that comes arm bar things like that especially any submission that uh, that you're taking either from the back or from the money yeah, position which keeps you slightly in the top position yeah. okay or most of the time in the top position but this guy chooses the guillotine in the fifth round when everyone is super slippery they are super sweaty and what happens next is just very abysmal to talk about yeah, because know, he I falls know. onto the ground and then the guy Yiri recovers for next two or three minutes on the ground, gets up and ends up taking his back. Yeah, that was just insane. I agree with you completely. I think hopefully uh, we get to see this kind of uh, these bangers of fights soon enough because there have been some really, really upsetting and boring fights which we're not going to talk about and bore you guys. But yeah, can we, uh, you have something else? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to add that this is the light heavyweight division, right? And imagine um, we are getting so many exciting fights right after John Jones left. Oh yeah, what happened if he comes who, back? Who used to be the king of this division. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's, let's a little, talk a little bit about John Jones' move to heavyweight also. So what do you think about John I mean, uh, coming John, back this year or next uh, year? It's, it's been, I mean, he was, he was... Uh, the greatest fighter of all time. Pound, pound he still pound, is. Pound for pound, but he's taken a hiatus of about three years. Yeah. And the sports has evolved. We have people like Makashev. We have people have people like Kamzad. 
in the area, not uh, particularly in his division, but there has been uh, huge tectonic shifts where people are... So, Kamzat is trying to fight at 205. Oh, so, really? do you think if he comes against John Jones, what is going to happen? Now, John Jones is definitely moved on, but... Uh, with Kamzat and John Jones, because uh, John Jones, one of the most prolific strikers and the most uh, creative strikers I've ever seen. But again, his uh, wrestling skills and his submission skills next to none. Yeah. So, that would make an interesting fight, but Kamzat, obviously... Uh, we've seen him as a beast, but also we've seen him as a beast that can be tamed by someone like Gilbert Burns. So that will be, I mean, another banger of a fight. It could be, happen really quickly. So here's how I look at this fight. I feel like Hamzat is uh, a modern version of John Jones. I wouldn't say modern or more better version, but just the version that we had right now in the UFC, John Jones. Because let's look at what John used to do and what Hamzat is doing. John used to be a great takedown artist. Hamzat is the same. Absolutely. He used to maul his opponents. Hamzat is doing the same. And he also had great hands. He would knock out people. And Hamzat is also doing the same. Although, as you said, that guys like Gilbert Burns have put a stop to him. Mm. But other than that, he's looking virtually unstoppable. If you uh, go to his recent um, Kevin Holland fight, where he just tossed yes. him immediately. Yeah. That was such a great fight. So yeah, Hamzat versus John Jones. I would still take John Jones any other day uh, over any fighter in the world. But it would have been a great fight if their timelines would match. If, if only. But hopefully something happens. Uh, the UFC gods uh, listen to your plea and boom, we have Kamzad versus Catchweight. Or John Jones getting back. Yeah, um, Catchweight. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, only but again, on that note, uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Alright, so this brings us to the final uh, top 5 list and this is for Rajiv because I already mentioned my top 5. So Rajiv, which is the last fight on top of your list or maybe in your list as you... Uh, UFC 275, Zhang Weili versus Joanna Yan Jacek. <laughs> <laughs> you really rehearsed that, didn't you? No, I've written it down. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean it was, it was not, for, not for the first time they had met. Uh, why I love this fight because... Uh, the the previous fight, uh, UFC 248, I have to talk about it because for me, that is the greatest fight of all time. Yeah, how these guys met for the first time and these guys were exchanging. I mean, I mean, definitely uh, both Hall of Famers. Uh, Joanna obviously will be a Hall of Famer. Bailey uh, also is in the process of hopefully becoming a Hall of Famer. But Bailey this is the champion of uh, women's division right now. Right? right now, yes. But at that time, uh, she had met Joanna at uh, UFC 248, uh, so she had uh, busted. Remember that? What was the, what hematoma. was the hematoma? She had given uh, Joanna a huge tumor on the tu forehead. Tumor or a blob on her forehead, and that no went to the judges because it lasted all five rounds. And Whaley walked out as the new champ. Uh, I think the winner. No, she didn't walk out as the champion. Or maybe no, she was she, not a champion. No, she was not a champion. Then Whaley goes on to lose two back-to-back -back fights against Rose. Uh, then she comes back to UFC 275 with a vengeance. Then she meets her early adversary, adversary in Joanna again. And this fight was uh, not prolific as uh, some of the fights we talked about, like Tashera and Yiri and also Gilbert Burden comes out. But the significance of this fight was uh, after the... Post fight, uh, I think uh, Zhang, if I may uh, take liberties to call, uh, say it, that she put Joanna into retirement. You know, she forced her to retirement because 
other than everything else like uh, both uh, elite athletes fighting against each other the first round was fantastic second round uh, this time though uh, uh, our friend Zhang uh, she brought in a lot of wrestling she was taking Joanna down which Joanna as we know doesn't have a lot of answers to but the spinning back fist of that one two counter just put Joanna face planting on the canvas and after face planning she gets up and just she just puts her gloves there that's why because of the significance and uh, not so much for the entertainment value that it brought to, brought to me but also because of the history that it had it has to be my number one pick for 2022 but my if you have to ask me what's my number one pick of all time greatest fights uh, from the time I've been watching MMA and UFC, it has to be the 248 fight between these two great athletes. Oh, really you're versus the, that fight as the best of all time. Best of all time for me. Because uh, especially uh, that fight also brought women uh, MMA to the forefront. I think that fight uh, cemented women MMA as a serious division. Uh, it also started bringing in the right kind of eyeballs and people talking about uh, women MMA with the same kind of respect that they were talking about men's MMA. Without... Uh, trying to be uh, pompous or disrespectful. But yeah, that uh, thing uh, brought about a change in the MMA circuit across the world. But yeah, my number one fight, just because of its significance and also because of the kind of exchanges that I saw, has to be between Zhang Weili versus Joanna Yanjiecek. Zhang Weili, in my opinion, is probably uh, the female pound-for-pound -pound number one fighter right now just because of her fighting style, how well she mixes the takedowns, how good she is at striking. That spinning back fist that you talked about was legendary, like yes. the way she timed it right when she was, you know, I was going for a one-two. One, yeah, and those were leaping points. She just times the cross, turns around and boom! Perfect. She cracks the Perfect head execution. and she goes face yeah. planting to the she ground. She fell like a flat board, right? Yeah, boom, she goes planting. and that was the end of her career. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, fantastic. Uh, UFC loses one uh, another fantastic fighter. Maybe she decides to come back like Misha Tate once and, again. Let's and Joanna had her heyday, right? Like she oh, yeah, was yeah. champion for oh, four yeah. or five times. Oh yeah, I in mean, a row, she's she defended. almost like uh, almost to the level of uh, Shevchenko. Amanda Nunes, that Amanda kind of level. She used to rule the division at one point, but then Rose came in and then uh, took the championship away from yeah. her. So it was unlike the uh, recently concluded. Uh, uh, belt, uh, belt uh, champ championship bout between uh, Whaley versus Asparza that was uh, that was that was not a very exciting I, I think you were meaning uh, Rose versus Asparza that no, was no, a boring the one the just she just fought uh, yeah but that was a good fight because she got a finish from no, the no, I mean, uh, crucifix uh, but it was not a championship fight for me like okay. like uh, when two people fight for yeah, the you were saying the level was not matched the level was not matched yeah. at all Carla Esparza has been a veteran of the UFC right so now definitely these newer girls who are coming with mm. much better skill sets uh, right. she was also in a six uh, fight win streak before she made uh, met yeah, Rayleigh yeah she so, was She was. so yeah I think she was stopped by but Rayleigh. most of her decisions just come through decisions so yeah, I, yeah. I don't enjoy her fights personally especially the Rose Rose fight <laughs> that, that, that uh, we should have done like the top three worst fight of all oh, time yeah. and that will be the number one for me yeah oh I, <laughs> ever <laughs> number one ever yeah I sometimes nothing dream, happened in that fight basically. I sometimes dream about it and I switch off um, even Izzy versus Romero can be well, oh. similar in the similar yeah I mean, but yeah there were strategies to it but entertainment value <laughs> was generally zero I would rather see two cock fights that brings more <laughs> entertainment 
uh, watch a fight. What what's the name of the movie? Brad Pitt. Fight Club. Fight Club. I'd rather watch that. How dare you fight. forget that? <laughs> I'd rather watch that fight than watch that fight. Uh, that uh, movie than that fight again. Again, uh, let's move on. Let's not uh, uh, get too long with this. Now we have some exciting uh, topics like the best knockouts. So because I've been talking a lot, I'll give it to you. Uh, knockout. So again, this year we had some fantastic knockouts. I have more than three. We are doing top three, but I have uh, a couple more yeah, just yeah, as honorable mentions. So I'll start with the latest one, which saw a legend depart. As you said, um, Zhang Weili back spinning back fisted, Joanna um, out of her out of the UFC. Similarly, in this one. Chris Ketteredge, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's a Mexican, probably. I don't know, but he flying need our favorite or one of the favorite UFC fighters of all time, Frankie Edgar. Oh yeah, that was sad to see. And that was a very very sad moment for me personally because Frankie Edgar was at one point of time lightweight champion of the world, legend, a legend of the sport, and back to back he took two knockouts. Even in his last fight, he got a flying. Uh, Uh, it was probably a front kick knockout and uh, in this one he took a flying knee and that too happened in front of his own family in front of his kids that too that was that was supposed to be his last fight yeah. you know i think these guys were trying to give uh, edgar a great exit by matching up matching him up with the but this fighter. chris guy is really dangerous matchup yes. I mean, I think that's what they thought yeah. to give Frankie Edgar the respect and the exit that he deserves, but it proves to be absolutely wrong because first round that flying knee from hell just puts him to. And Chris was so sleep. precise, like throughout oh, yeah. his striking looked super super sharp. Uh, even um, in the last fight that he had, I remember he did a spinning back fist uh, knockout. So that guy is just fight. producing uh, highlight reels out of highlight reels. Yeah, so. I think these creative, uh, creative strikers are the people to watch because you don't know what you don't know how to prepare for these fights. Yeah. And Frankie coming back, obviously a veteran of the sport coming back to give the sport something. I hope uh, he is doing well because, like you said, I mean he was in front of his kids, his wife, his mother was there. I think well, what do you think about that topic though? Do you, should you bring your family to a fight like MMA because then you uh, get I to don't see know because especially sp- especially uh, if you're a father to young kids uh, whatever the whatever the outcome of the fight is it is I think difficult if my father was fighting it would have been yeah. very difficult for me even if the uh, even if the result uh, uh, goes in favor of my father it would be difficult to see anybody try and hit my father you know yeah. so i don't know if it's a good or a bad decision but yeah in this case i think it was definitely a bad decision because uh, if it's uh, let's not go, i don't want to go to the extent of calling it traumatic but it leaves a very bad taste a very bad memory for the kids but again 100%. who are we to who are we to discuss that but that's our yeah, personal that's his opinion. own personal opinion of decision but yeah my personal opinion is not the kids the wife is totally fine yeah but the kids especially if they are young yeah it's just it's, just leave them out and uh, yeah because they seeing their father getting beat interestingly on the same card is he fought um, alex pereira and he for the first time did not bring his family oh because he was like i wanted to be zoned in completely focused and he also knew in the back of his mind the possibility that he might get knocked out yeah because out. i think this was his third loss yeah yeah i think but like uh, i was uh, reading about uh, or maybe social media is kind enough to give me this information regularly uh, this uh, uh this opponent alex pereira talking about an opponent that he just can't win yeah against. 
Yeah. Exactly. So he's already lost two fights against this gentleman. Uh, I'm afraid I'll have to look it up. I have not done my research. But yeah, and he was also of the view that if I fight him, I fight him again, which will... Which he will, said that guy has already retired now. No, if I fight him again, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to lose. It's just some styles which don't match up against yeah. your style. And you have to accept that at some point. I know Izzy is such a strong and tough competitor that he wants to somehow get that taste because of that victory. Because that's the only blip in his career. Yeah. I would not call his heavyweight fight a blip because that was... Light heavyweight. Light with, heavyweight uh, yeah. fight. Yeah, because that was very... The weight was unmatched. The ground skill was unmatched. But this... Even this was potentially, like, technically a light Oh, yeah. This guy didn't look like 185. <laughs> yeah. Bro, what are you eating? You look like a 235er. You look like a giant in front of Easy. You know what will be great? If uh, Alex decides to move to 205 and win a title there itself. And who's gonna, who is he going to meet there? So this is uh, very latest in terms of MMA news. Uh, it was scheduled between, I guess we'll fact check it later because I'm going to murder this right now. But it was going to be between uh, a rematch between Glover Takshera versus Yiri. But Yiri uh, suffered some sort of injury in the fight camp and he pulled out last minute. So it was supposed to be Yiri versus, uh, sorry, it was supposed to be Glover versus Jan Blahokovic. But then Jan couldn't make it or Glover didn't want that fight at such short notice. So they paged uh, Mohammed Anklev. I don't know if it's Mohammed at the beginning, but it's Anklev. He's again a very, very tough customer. And um, then Glover was like, okay, come on, at least give me one month to prepare. Because at such short notice, if I go and if I lose, that just brings me down the ranking. Of course. And uh, UFC kind of uh, said, okay, we are not giving you any fight. Uh, and left him on the sidelines. And now it's going to be Jan versus Ankalev for the title. Oh, wow. So that's uh, the recent development. Maybe if I got one or two names wrong, we'll uh, fact check and correct it. But again, you should uh, do some research. Let us know in the comments. So, so in that situation, if Alex, with his extreme power and great kickboxing, walks in... He can might as well as become a champion in that division. Imagine Alex meeting his own mentor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the exact reason why he was not fighting in 205, by mm. the way. Okay. Because uh, Takshera is the one who is training him. Yes. He's training under Takshera's camp. So now that Takshera is out of the title contention, maybe he uh, becomes vengeful. He's like, okay, now my student will take over from here. Maybe, maybe. And Takshera is no, no small shakes. I think he's proven more than once that he is a man of action he can bring the fight to you and maul you yeah. yeah so i think ufc decides a lot of things uh but i think it's his prerogative or not or we will discuss that later but again ladies and gentlemen these our these are our picks so far if you uh, agree with us just comment if you do not agree with us comment or you can also mention some of the uh, fights that we missed or you thought was Absolutely brilliant in the year 2022. Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, no, I was going to ask you, what's your uh, top three KO? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First has to be, uh, obviously, uh, Joanna versus Zhang Weili. That's one of my picks too. She, I mean, we just discussed it, uh, discuss, uh, discussed it uh, about five minutes ago. That spinning back fist just face-planted Joanna out of UFC. Yeah. You know, so she, she landed on another planet, obviously. <laughs> That's why she just uh, decided to leave the canvas. But I think it was a great decision because uh, she's been fighting for a long time. But yeah. again, I digress. So yeah, she, first round, great for Whaley again. She's mauling, she's taking uh, Joanna to the ground and doing the ground and pound. And second round, 
But again, Joanna being Joanna just settles her hair, comes back really, really strong. Really uh, starts backing up to the cage. Joanna starts moving forward. Yeli throws one punch. Joanna counters with a jab and a cross. Uh, she times the cross so perfectly, really, uh, uh, and turns around with a spinning back fist that lands perfectly on the chin. And that and was all that, over. That was good night for Joanna. Yeah. Yeah, she went from... I think in that fight, she was completely outclassed right from the beginning because... Yeah. Uh, Whaley was just taking her down at will, yes. uh, doing some nasty ground and pound to her. So she was already in the back of her mind. She knew, okay, okay, this is over. I don't like UFC anymore. I don't like competing at the highest level. And then once that spinning back fist came, it was... Uh, she's also not very young. She's about 34, 35. Yeah. And I think at that, uh, at that juncture in her life, she's concentrating on her family now. We've uh, checked, her on, checked up on her on, on, uh, on Instagram and other social media channels. I think it was a good decision and also it's uh, it's uh, good to say goodbye at the right time, you know, because... Some people use uh, hold on for too long. Yeah, because this sport is very brutal. Yeah. It is not for the faint-hearted. It's, I mean, she she has uh, proven more than once that she is one of the elite of the elite athletes in this division. And I think it was a, an exit, but unfortunately it was Whaley who just face-planted her to upside down. And interesting that you mentioned uh, the topic that people don't quit when they need to quit. Yeah. And Joanna made the right choice because I was listening to, I shared it on my Instagram as well, Tyson Fury talked to Ariel Helwani, Tyson Fury being the champ, oh, heavyweight yeah. champion of the world, uh, boxer. And he said that, I don't know if I'll ever quit this because that's all I know what I do. And uh, this is like so addictive that I cannot imagine a life without boxing. So if the heavyweight champion of the world is saying that, who has accomplished everything in the sport, has taken a lot of damage as well, obviously in the heavyweight boxing. Um, so you never know uh, how fighters' life turn after a point when they don't call it quits when they need to. Because it is a dangerous sport. But like everything else, let's say if you are deep sea diving, that is dangerous too. But you'll have to do it for maybe just the rush of it. Or what do you do otherwise? Tyson Fury is sitting and playing video games. Maybe, maybe he's not the Conor McGregor where he has bigger businesses to deal with. But again, we as uh, viewers, it is kind of brutal. And especially all these people who are in their mid-30s, I think they should call it quits when they can because I'm sure they have already made a ton of money. Other, otherwise, we end up seeing our heroes or the legends become uh, just another watched a fighter like we saw happen at the end of BJ Penn's career. BJ Penn know. career, even Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar, that's the latest yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we've seen these guys, even uh, Jose Aldo didn't go out in a good note. There yeah. was a time when Jose Aldo's name brought shivers down people's mind. 100%. After McGregor knocked him out, he was on a downward spiral. I think Aldo's career is um, before McGregor and, and after, after McGregor. I agree with you 100%. That's how uh, his okay. career span. Uh, let's move on to your second knockout. My second knockout was the Wei Zhang Li one, which we discussed. Okay. So that was my number third, actually, because I had an honorable mention, mm. uh, which I should have done at the very end, but we did <laughs> it. It's okay. <laughs> People beginning. don't mind. It's fine. All right. So my number second is, once again, the freak of nature, as I call him, uh, Michael Chandler. Ferguson, don't tell me. Front <laughs> kicks Ferguson out of the shadow realm. <laughs> so much for my second number. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, yeah, again, yeah. match there. Because I think it's, it is just what it is. You know, everything is available. We've been watching 
uh, together. You've been watching it at home. I've been I, I'm hundred percent sure. I'm willing to bet that our number one is also safe. Okay. We'll not will not say it right oh now, my but God, I, I think no. it is. There's oh, no yeah. choice. It has to be the same. There's no other choice. Everyone in the planet will agree with our yes. number one choice. But I think we're just uh, bringing, jogging your memories, uh, taking yeah. you back to, uh, in this case, UFC two seventy four, uh, Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, a freak of nature. You cannot call. He's he's the complete MMA artist in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, there are certain things that I don't agree on of his personality. Which, well, what do you don't you agree? Um, I think it's just uh, too loud. General demeanor. General, general demeanor too boisterous. <laughs> what I what I dislike about him is the way he uh, writes texts. <laughs> like you see, he just jumbles up all the capital and uppercase, <laughs> lowercase. It's because he's he's been hit in the face too many times. Probably that. Probably mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I hope his comprehension... So, yeah, sorry, I interrupted your uh, number two, Michael Chandler versus Yeah, Tony. so it's same for both of us, and we all saw what happened in that fight. Uh, Chand- uh, first what, first do you think, round... Do you think it was a lucky shot, or did Chandler plan it? First round, Tony Ferguson was looking good, so it's not like Tony was completely a washed-up fighter. Uh, he was still in the fight. He never is, actually. Yeah, and uh, we all know how wildly unpredictable both these guys are in their fight. So I think they asked Chandler this question um, that was it like a lucky uh, kick and if you start thinking in that terms everything becomes a lucky kick or a lucky punch That's because true. you throw a punch, you throw a kick and you hope for the best so that yeah. it lands when the people are there in the pocket and I think he just made a very very right choice. Ferguson was just at the perfect distance, his hand was down, his, hand was down, his chin was uh, exposed and he landed that front kick and we remember the picture that came out where his face was looking aged, aged like yeah, I mean, 20, 30 years. He almost looked like an alien being. Yeah. He almost looked like uh, someone from Predator or someone from the alien movie. I think that's the worst nightmare about being an MMA fighter oh, yeah. that once you get knocked out, it's not just the concussion and everything that you suffer, it's also the post-fight media coverage where your face looks dramatically and we'll talk about this in our number oh, one yeah, pick. Yeah. It's crazy because, yeah, yes. I mean, you become a meme, generally. Yeah. And, and forever. Like, and nobody is saying that. They, uh, unfortunately, this... Uh, fight. Well, I mean, this fight, this these kind of memes, they are brought in your face and you just uh, can't seem to shake it off. That's the power of the memes. <laughs> That's the power of the memes. So every day you see, maybe after a while you get so used to that nonsense yeah. that you're like, I think that. because the fight game moves on so quickly, yeah. it's still fine because then somebody else becomes a new meme and then people <laughs> and move on. The next one, I'm sure we yeah. agree. Uh, I think let's not delete that on this one. It. Kumaru Usman versus Edwards. The fight number two. Kumaru Usman was doing everything. I mean, he was very. Let's, let's give people a little bit of background. Yes, go ahead. Uh, should we take a break before that so that we can do it perfectly? Yes, let's take All a right. small break. We were talking about Kumar Usman versus Edwards and we are at the section we were discussing the best knockouts of knockouts of 2022. All right, ladies and germs, we are back. Did you say germs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to still keep it civil. Okay. So we were talking about uh, our number one pick for the best knockout of 2022 and uh, it's a mutual one for it's a both mutual of us. one i think i understand quite universal understand pick, universal pick. Uh, usman versus edward too so there has been a lot of beef between these two guys uh, so there was a lot there's a huge prelude to it so piyush is gonna go yes so it all started from the first fight where uh, usman um, at that time was another up-and-comer as was edwards 
and um, this happened like i guess 5 to 6 years ago when Long they both time. were very new into the ufc and that time usman really really dominated because he had world class wrestling uh, leon edwards is known to be an extremely skilled striker since the very uh, first fight that he had and they both fought and as it is usually in a grappler versus striker clash the grappler usually dominates the fight if it goes to the ground and that's what exactly kamaru usman did throughout that five uh, throughout the three rounds of a fight and he won and now five to six years later edwards is slowly climbing climbing and getting his way up into the ufc and kamaru usman is now a champion right so i think leon edwards is the it was called at some point the most unlucky guy in the ufc yes. because he was number one contender for ages for 3 to 4 years uh right before the covid hit and then due to the visa issues due to travel restrictions he couldn't make it to the us because he's based in uk and that's why he was denied the title opportunity for the longest time people said dana white said he's not an exciting fighter he does not bring a lot of media attention fans attention as some of the other fighters do so that also kind of held him back but ultimately he did claw his way back to the championship he survived that Nate Diaz scare if you remember yes. where in the 5th round he was almost oh, yeah, knocked yeah. out because i think Nate Diaz chose not to knock him out you think so yeah because he had hit him and Nate Diaz was the same bro yeah if only <laughs> if only if i wanted probably probably Nate was like yeah you have to go and win the championship because yeah. i'll probably get mauled by Kamaru but i think that uh, uh, some uh, edward fighting someone like Nate Diaz also got a lot of eyeballs to yeah so that exact moment really made people notice this guy yes even though it was in the bad light because he almost got knocked out and still survived to win but till that fourth round he was having a clinical performance yes. with Nate Diaz yes and so then in the fifth round he almost gets knocked out clipped and uh, wobbles Nate Diaz chooses not to finish him and uh, finally he uh, hangs on to the victory and then we get to see him against Kamaru Usman yeah the fight uh, the fight that was made to happen meant to happen yes finally happens five years in the making but i think that was the best way to shut your naysayers with that uh, left high kick but what what happened in the entire fight though oh my god i think it was a five rounder uh, no i think kumaro usman is still uh, uh, still a way better fighter than edwards in totality uh, because just uh, of the beating that he was giving edwards in the first uh, four five rounds five rounds yeah. he was getting beaten up till the last 30 seconds and i think uh, sometimes it's just bad luck you know kumaru i was i had resigned on my bed i was yeah. i was resigned on my bed okay kumaru is taking because he's one of my favorite fighters just because of the power he brings about the energy of a great fighter that he brings on how if you remember the first round was pretty exciting where yes. um, edwards had his back yes had kumaru's back at yes. some point yeah so after that Kumaru goes on a, a wrestling clinic, striking clinic. He out wrestles. Obviously, Edward can't match Kumaru's uh, Kumaru's uh, wrestling. Nobody in this in his division actually can. Yeah. So he was getting mauled left, right, and center. Also getting hammered with his fists and kicks, and that high kick from hell comes out of nowhere, and it just makes a meme out of Kumaru. It just Kumaru dips. Second. by defending was it a cross or a jab that he was defending i think it was, was, think it was a jab he was and he dips towards the wrong side with his hands down and edwards uh, the precision striker that he is he sees an opening 
and capitalizes on it. Yeah, that head kick was heard uh, throughout the world, guys. It was such yeah. a brutal. Uh, I am. I was glad I was not looking on my phone because mm -hmm. I was kind of bored. I just watching on the television. Boom and. A sprinkle of sweat moves on and Kumar Usman just go whoa, doom yeah. and the arena goes crazy. The comma Joe and all that. Like we see those videos, yeah. you know what's happening? They are looking like what the hell happened? And flabbergasted was yeah, the flabbergasted, word. You know, flabbergasted. Yeah, so uh, we picked the same one because I'm sure everyone watching or listening to us will uh, pick the pick this one as the number one uh, number one knockout of 2022 because of the impact it had on the global MMA scene. 100%. I remember my friends who are not even into MMA, they started sharing this video and showing, oh, this is like a movie where your yeah. uh, protagonist is well, losing the entire fight and in the end, Salman yeah, yeah. Khan comes in and then yeah. just knocks yeah, exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. So that's like a Salman, Bollywood script. Salman Khan analogy works because uh, he <laughs> is the hero, the, yeah. let's say, the underdog who comes from a humble beginning. Kumar Rusman yeah. is that uh, giant of a an athlete, a bad guy, a bad guy, and he is mourning this guy, and at the end of the day, he looks at his mom and says... <laughs> no, his lover. Oh, his lover in this case. He looks at his lover and says, I'm not giving up this time, baby. And I'm going to... Or, or he's maybe just knocked out. He's knocked out, his eyes are shut, and then uh, his love interest shouts his name, and that just wakes him and up. There is an echo in the room. Hello, 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 hello. Urja, Urja, Urja. And travels. <laughs> You can't give up on me. You can't give up on me. Some shit like that. But yeah, um, because it had that kind of soap opera feel to it. And this guy just knocks Kumar, someone like Kumar Usman, a monster. And the memes that could come out oh of that. God. Open, wide-eyed Kamaru we're just, we're just, We're just very, very... Uh, desensitized. Uh, desensitized human beings, no? I mean, we are just yeah, like... In this age of social media. Yeah, in, yeah. in this age of social media, we, we are so uh, fast to share somebody's misery. You know, I mean, we are making fun of it. And we, I mean, I laugh too. I'm so guilty. <laughs> so... You, I mean, it's just provokes some sort of visceral reaction that is so primal in yeah, our Yeah, I think it's uh, that when somebody on psychology. the top falls... Exactly. What do you do? You laugh, right? You, so that's you, you're always like, oh, the underdog wins. Because most of us feel like underdogs every day. Mm. Let's not get into philosophy because I go on a tangent. But yeah, so I hope you guys agree or disagree with some of the picks that we had as our favorite knockouts. If you disagree, uh, write, your, write the names of your favorite picks of the year. I and, hope you don't. <laughs> and <laughs> if you agree, one. just give us a thumbs up. It'll be interesting. Now let's move on to the... Exciting section. Exciting section because we brought uh, grapplers first. Getting into the submission, the first top three submissions of 2022. This time uh, we'll also include some of our Indian fighters. Oh, one of my favorite, uh, I'm sorry, it came as an afterthought. Uh, my apologies. Uh, the knockout Shamanand had against Richard Burns. Oh, yeah, honorable mention to honorable that. Honorable mention to that because that was a deadly knockout. It was uh, India versus England and uh, Shamanand obviously from uh, uh, coming, uh, coming from a huge uh, back, uh, backdrop of loss, win, win on a tear. J just, to, just to quip on that, it's Burns versus Shamanand. I have a huge beef with this thing that goes on to Indian MMA. I don't know why Indian MMA in general, where they make it country versus country. No, it's just to individual fighter. 
when uh, Connor fights against uh, Khabib, they might dub it Ireland versus Russia, but it's not Irish people fighting Russian people. The, the tanks are not out, the nu- nuclear codes are not being shared, yeah. and the president doesn't even care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Probably they are watching the fights, but they are not... They, they don't care. There will not be any diplomatic sanctions or sanctions in any form. They will not be saying, okay, border pe laga do aaj. So let's go fight. So I think we should keep it between two individuals. Yeah, like how they made Ulumi India versus Pakistan. Yeah, it was Come on. Ulumi, it was just yeah. an athlete versus It an was athlete. an athlete versus athlete. And let's keep it at that. I think we are athletes first, uh, nation, national second, religion third, so on and so forth. So yeah, good point, Piyush. So yeah, Shamanand and Richard Mons, great knockout in the uh, recently concluded MFN 10. Moving on to our favorite subject, submissions, uh, the submission artist. Topsy. I don't have a honorable mention for this, so I'll uh, directly enter the main one. So for me, the number three would be Oliveira, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. We have already discussed this, so I don't want to harp on it too much. But it was a great submission just because the way he pounced on his back after being knocked down twice and almost losing the fight. Yes. He just turned the table in that fight, as you said, and... uh, got the submission any thoughts on that no i think uh, you're right I mean, we've already discussed the way it is i mean it's almost like uh, a loop machine is playing all over his game he gets rocked down he takes he somebody he, then he takes someone to the ground takes the back and chokes him out yes. it was clinical precision uh, beautiful rnc uh, like we've discussed rnc is a great, great way to take someone out uh, unless and until you are uh, someone like Nate Diaz uh, that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Nate Diaz taking out uh, Tony Ferguson. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's yeah, let's talk it. about it because that was one of my picks. Um, Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. Obviously, two legends on the verge of retirement. Uh, Nate Diaz is already out of UFC. And Ferguson, I think, is on the... On he the, should be out because he has lost now, what, four fights too, in a row? Too many times. I think he should get into WWE or something. It'll be interesting to have him there. Uh, uh, Ferguson fans, don't kick my butt. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, just that uh, uh, guillotine, very very low percentage in a in a in an MMA uh, scenario, but it was beautifully. Obviously. But what was different about this one was that he went with the high risk variation yes. of it. If you don't know high risk variation, guys, you can you follow us, it. and we will show you a few variations. Uh, we will be doing some tutorials on it. So high risk variations. Uh, like I said, he just went to a high-risk variation. Very difficult to roll out of it, especially if you have your elbows connected or even uh, very difficult to roll out of it because that's the last-ditch effort when you are getting stuck in somebody's uh, tight guillotine. So Nidia just wraps his hands and the boa constrictor that he is. This preview was very interesting, by the way. We should mention that because uh, earlier, Nate Diaz was scheduled to fight Hamzat. Oh, yes. And I was scared to death being a Diaz fan. We yeah. know what Hamzat is capable that of. That would not have been a good exit for our friend Nate Diaz. That would have been a bad exit. But fortunately, the MMA gods aligned everything perfectly. Dana White. Dana White. Yeah. I don't think Dana White did it because Dana White actually wanted Nate Diaz to fight Hamzat and uh, him losing out on the contra- on the next contract because... It was a battle where Dana White was trying to get Nate to re-sign. And Nate was like, I have better prospects out, outside yes. in boxing, in WWE, somewhere else where I'll get paid better for my brand. Yeah, because Nate Diaz has been fighting for the longest time. Yeah. I don't think he is interested in getting hammered. And you know how Nate Diaz fights. Uh, one punch on his face and his... Because I think the, those... Uh, what are those starch, called? Starch uh, tissues. Yeah, 
uh, scar, scar tissues are there. He, somebody touches him and he's bleeding all over the yeah. place. So yeah, uh, uh, cut the story short. That was one of my favorite submissions because uh, I like to play the guillotine game and to see someone at that level uh, get a guillotine on someone like Tony Ferguson. You know, it was interesting. And uh, yeah, for, for that reason, it's uh, one of the top submissions for me of 2022. My, my second submission is also from the same card. And it is also from the same guy who was scheduled to fight Nate Diaz. That's Hamza Chimaev oh, wow. versus Kevin Holland. Oh. So what I like about this submission was that Hamza took him down. And once he latched onto that Dars, first of all, Holland, who is primarily a striker, couldn't throw a punch in this fight. And this is a close, uh, a common thread that we have been seeing in all of Hamza's fight, that most of the time, if they are even a little bit outmatched, Hamza does not allow you to throw a strike on him. Yeah, he was, he was untouched. Yeah. Nobody Be could do Before it. Gilbert Burns, I don't think uh, there were more than two strikes landed one. on him. One. One. I think it was one. That's I remember staggering. Joe. That's staggering. So, but again, uh, to come into our friend's defense, because he was fighting to fight some, someone else. And suddenly... Uh, so was Hamzad. So was Hamzad. But uh, Hamzad, uh, Hamzad's game plan is the same. Yeah. I kill you. <laughs> okay, that's his game yeah. plan. What's your game plan? I kill him. Ah. I, I go to get... Ah, I'm going to kick his butt. That's his only claim. He's not going to go, I'm going to throw the jab overhand. I'm going to take him down and slowly get the dust. He said, I kill you. That's his game plan. Great game plan. It's been working great so far. It so, works. It works. And uh, what was interesting about this was that he kind of, the, what started the whole demise of Kevin Holland in that match was uh, that hand touch. Oh. He faked that hand touch and as the Holland reached for the glove, he immediately took a shot took him down and then there was no getting yeah, up. Holland, to his defense, did try all the Granby rolls, but you got, I'm not getting out of too strong. Have yeah. you seen those Instagram videos where two people are trying to grapple with Hamza? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I mean, that guy is not human. You check him. And not for, I, I call upon uh, what, Yusada to check him for being an android. <laughs> He's not, not made of skin and steroid. bones. He's not for steroids. He's not made of skin and bones. He's just made of uh, titanium and all other good stuff. Because, yeah, two people wrestling him, he treats uh, other elite grapplers like as if they've not been grappling at all. Just like uh, Makashev, same pedigree, I guess. Yeah. So my pick uh, would be uh, slightly different because uh, I'm loving what Paddy uh, Pimblet is bringing to the table. So I was watching his fights and I saw his fantastic RNC submission against uh, Jordan Leavitt. They had a bad history. Oh, that was a great fight. Yeah, that was a great so fight. So much of grappling. We watched it together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I think uh, for, uh, even for our Indian... Uh, MMA uh, fighters, uh, we don't want to sound that we know more than you are, but look at that fight. Look at the study under that fight. Study yeah. that fight and understand the importance of the underhook battle. Yeah, so, like this. This fight had the best cage work defense by Paddy uh, that you'll see in any fight. Because, because Levitt was not a joke. Levitt was a good wrestler. Fantastic wrestler, and he was the one uh, dominating the cage uh, exchanges. And he was winning the underhooks against the cage. Yes, and whereas. Uh, because his head was, uh, 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 Paddy was elbowing him and getting the underhook, reversing him, and suddenly he reverses him, gets him, uh, and he gets in, gets him, gets on his back with his ha bottom hand trapped, yeah. and that was the end of it. So just because of the clinical precision of what Paddy did to uh, Jordan, I'm going to pick that one because uh, I think it was uh, even for me it was a case study of how to. Uh, impart that knowledge to some of the uh, athletes that we have in our academy. At, at one point in that match, he hits a beautiful switch, if you remember, oh, from the overhook. Yes. 
and we have to name drop J Flo Judo here Justin Flores yes. who is also the coach of Ronda Rousey so he's doing some fantastic work if you are not following his instagram it's J Flo Judo please do that if you are yeah. an MMA fighter because you get to see some of the best takedown and counter takedown judo style in his videos yeah shout out to our friend over there so without this kind of knowledge being uh, i mean just given out for free yeah. uh, i mean it would be so difficult for us to source especially in india we were trying to source every technique from outside yeah. so this guy is out there just doling out information for us so thank you so much Isn't so the we also have a, a grappling instructions that we were trying to get wall wall waza wall waza but it's so difficult i've not been able to find something that i can get but hopefully soon enough uh, because that's uh, that's worth studying so the switch that you talked about at one point i think the switch was the game changer yeah. in the fight he he gets uh, uh, he gets uh, pushed towards the wall he's trying to fight for the underhook and suddenly takes his left hand grabs his uh, left leg and switches high grip and uh, then switches. switches and that was the end for jordan because uh, then he latches onto the back and unfortunately jordan's uh, bottom hand is trapped yeah. so when your bottom hand is trapped there is nothing you, you can do fight. you cannot hand fight because you are fighting two hands against one and it was just a matter of time where you know paddy sunk his rnc and just choked him out beautiful beautiful finish and paddy has done great striking work in the cage he has also shown great grappling so he is one of the better talents that we have i think so yeah i think right? so we will also be talking about uh, we have another section coming up right after this where we will be talking about uh, uh, some of the trivia some of the controversies Uh, but let's talk about Paddy. The way he has branded himself, oh yeah, is uh, probably yeah. one of the best in the UFC series. I think Paddy uh, comes out of nowhere. Two thousand seventeen, he loses a contender series, gets into depression. Yeah, gets into depression, and uh, one of the uh, very vocal advocates of uh, antidepressant uh, antidepressants for men, uh, not in medicines, uh, how to take care of yourselves. That it is uh, what uh, what is marring a lot of athletes because he. I was just reading upon him. Uh, there was uh, recent news which talked about he went on a depressive uh, spree for three months. Also tried killing himself. So also some of uh, one of his best friend died. Yes, killed so, himself by suicide. And Paddy in itself, like uh, uh, I digress when Piyush asked me the way he's branding himself. He's this guy who loves pizzas. You and he does. He's not uh, ashamed to talk about it. He loves his pizzas. He doesn't make a huge deal about being a UFC yeah. fighter. He wants to enjoy his. Uh, fights uh, he doesn't make a fuss about something losing. that i can relate to <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i think a lot of people can relate to that's why get in I shape think, when the fight is close yeah, and that's why a lot of people yeah. are being able to relate to him you know not everybody is uh, other than talk. instagram models who stay yeah. fit 24/7 365 it's not possible so this guy uh, uh, now again obviously his uh, pizza uh, shenanigans his post fight in uh, uh, press conference where he's uh jogging uh, down uh, coke and uh, eating pizza and also the recent uh, events that have come f- forward where Jake Paul is inviting these guys to spar and Jake Paul is saying if you win i'm going to give you 1 million dollars i think that's going to happen that's going to be interesting again all these uh, lighter tidbits that we want to discuss right after this so see you guys on the other side all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to rebel radio india this is still me rajiv and piyush we were on the verge of ending our discussion on the submission of the best submissions of of 2022 in an mma fight so i had discussed about three fights now it's piyush's turn all right so my last pick of the top 3 sub 
is again one of the man involved is Charles Oliveira, but unfortunately this time he's on the receiving end of a submission. Oh. And we all know who this is, Islam Makachev. Yes. So why I picked this as my number one submission is because getting submission on someone is one thing. But getting a submission on a submission artist in himself, a submission specialist in, in himself, yeah, is a great, great achievement. And that's what Islam did. And the manner that he did that, by first knocking him down, passing his guard in a flash, and then putting on that squeeze, that insane squeeze that we've talked about previously in our podcast. Man, this was a complete package, complete dominance. And it being the championship fight made it the cherry on the cake. Yes, I think I agree with you 100%. Uh, I did not pick this because I know you were going to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to. Yeah, so uh, just for flavor. But again, the best pick, uh, because it was uh, done in such a controlled fashion, such yeah. uh, boisterous fashion. Dominating okay. fashion. Dominating fashion. Where you are the champion. No, bro. Not even close to what I can bring to the table. I'm not a black belt, but I'm going to show you what a great grappler is. So yeah. one knockdown, passes the guard, an arm triangle. It's a strong man's choke in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. And you can imagine the kind of pressure Makashev must have brought to the table where someone like Oliveira just taps instantly. instantly yeah. So yeah, great picks. I think you guys are having fun listening to us or uh, looking uh, up this podcast on YouTube. If you're having fun, do let us know by giving us a thumbs up. Also, do subscribe to our channels and also, uh, what is that? Uh, ring the uh, bell, bell icon, icon. <laughs> so that you know what we are posting when we are posting all right so this brings us to the last bit of a podcast where we'll be talking about a few trivias some con controversial news the latest news, the latest yeah. news from across uh, the uh, from uh, around the world uh, related to mixed martial arts so the first uh, person that we're going to talk about is the one and only mr conor mcgregor what yeah. is happening with him Always in the news, Conor McGregor fights. Or Good not. or bad reason, he's always in the news. Yeah, so that's a great point that we'll bring up when we talk a little bit about fighters branding themselves because yes. Conor McGregor's brand never dies. It's like the East India Company of MMA. <laughs> <laughs> the sun never sets. Whoever is fighting Conor McGregor is always on the news, and I think it. It says Even if you say something against Conor McGregor, yeah. you're on the news. So just look at Anthony Smith. Yeah. He just tweeted about you, uh, Conor being on PED and probably. Anthony Smith has uh, received more uh, media attention than he's ever received fighting. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, An Anthony Smith called him out on the steroid thing, steroid right? So, thing. let's talk about that for a bit. Because Conor McGregor is look looking huge, massive. He's looking like a British Bulldog. He's looking like he's in a different weight class, 200 plus pounds right easy. now. Easy, easy. And uh, we saw him fight at 165. 155, 155 the lightweight. lightweight. He also used to fight at 145. 145. Weight. And uh, apparently he's uh, put on about 15 kgs, not pounds, of muscle. That's uh, something you can't do without these performance enhancers. Yeah. But again, uh, to his defense, he's been tweeting a lot about saying that I was taking performance enhancers uh, to has get he admitted to it? I don't think he has. No, he's not. Yeah. But again, yeah. he's saying that I have to take care of my body. I mean, there's a huge undercurrent uh, uh, under his statement. He's not saying, okay, I've taken PEDs, yeah. but he's uh, uh, act actually hinting it. Like, okay, I had to take care of my broken foot uh, from broken my last shame. fight, and I want to be able to be that dad that can play with the daughter. So my recovery is uh, on point. He was also giving some examples of. Uh, Anderson Silva, Anderson Chris, Silva Weidman. Uh, Chris Weidman, 
so I don't know. I mean, is he going to fight? He just sold his company for $600 million. Also, there is another controversy brought out by his uh, dear friend and training partner, Lobov. Artem Lobov. Yeah, but let's first uh, talk a little bit more about this one because I'm really interested in it. What do you think? Should the fighters be allowed to take steroids if they are not contracted by the UFC, but they are a very well-known fighter and we know that they are going to fight anytime soon in MMA? Or... Do you have to abide by the USADA rules and regulations only when you are under the contract? What do no, you think No, I about think PEDs uh, uh, are basically cheating, in my opinion. But it's in the cage competition, right? What if I just take it outside the cage where I'm not competing with someone, but I'm trying to break, uh, uh, heal my broken leg, as you said? No, I mean, uh, for, for that kind of treatment, I think you don't need that the kind of quantity Connor must be taking to build that kind of But muscle. don't you think like he has the access to the best doctors in the world with the kind of money no, he has? No, I don't. I, I have a moral problem with it. Okay. I have a moral problem. I don't have physical. Obviously, uh, your body becomes your priority and your, uh, when you want to heal, if you want to take PEDs or whatever the hell that you want to take to get feel better, get better and have a better uh, living, uh, physically at least, I'm all okay with it. But for competing... Uh, we've seen this in the BJJ community also. Uh, we've seen this in most of the sports. Yeah, in BJJ, it's like uh, open season. For open season steroids. because we've seen people who weigh nothing, weighing about twice as much, gaining about 40 pounds I mean, of muscle. the Ryan brothers. The Ryan brothers. Example of it. Ryan brothers, look at them. Uh, sorry, uh, coming back to the point, uh, you asked me if it was okay. I don't think it is okay. Uh, unless and until, like I discussed, uh, if it's just to heal yourself. But if you have to, let's if say Connor wants to get back to or the cage once again, he should be testing negative at least twice. Yeah, yeah, so that's what they do. Once Connor decides to uh, come into the USADA pool of testing, so the other reason why what people are giving about this is that when you are in the USADA pool, they test you whenever they want to, right? And for that, you have to <clears throat> provide them the information of your whereabouts. So you have to constantly tell them that I'm at this location, this location, that location, and they have full access to just barge in through your door and randomly test you. That's like under one of their contract uh, rules. So I think Connor being a multi-millionaire, almost a billionaire at this point with the company that he sold, the, the proper, proper 12. Yeah, the whiskey company. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, being such a man of that high stature, you don't want for other people to know these kind of sensitive information of where yes. you're partying, where you're chilling, what you're doing. So I think that made complete sense for Connor to withdraw from the pool and uh, then obviously as you said to heal your body faster and be a good father be available for his family he need to do all those things and he has the money he has the access to the right kind of uh, uh, support system support staff so it completely makes sense for him to do whatever he wants to heal himself quickly uh, but yeah when he comes back the now the question is that what weight category is he going to fight in because yeah. he looks as i said 15 20 kgs heavier 15, i mean i just saw the stats it was uh, 30 to 40 pounds easily 90 kg of muscle mass easy easy he's looking big yeah. he's looking enormous i mean big is an understatement so yeah uh, if and wants, without his beard he looks younger as well so. it just looks different it <laughs> just looks funny different but yeah i don't know uh, especially uh, uh, in all uh, competition sports uh, people have to adhere to certain norms. Otherwise, uh, imagine somebody, some, uh, some of our MMA fighters going abroad and fighting. I mean, they will not stand a chance. Even if they are there on talent, just because uh, they don't have the right kind of facilities to give them a full cycle of, uh, let's say, PED, 
which yeah. is which is uh, especially in these promotions like one championship bellator, bellator where they are not Brave. affiliated to usara brave yeah. other one so definitely if you are a clean fighter it's a huge uh, uh, you can say a disadvantage disadvantage bro. or odds stack you, against because you. your recovery time your training time also increases yes 100% i mean this is what people don't understand who don't fight that steroid just not just does not make you look good aesthetically but they also enhance your recovery time because yes. of which you can train twice as more as me of now of course and at the end of the day who uh, who's going to win if i'm going to uh, train twice as more as you or you who just trains for about 2 hours rajiv I, are you on steroids i was <laughs> on chicken steroids no unfortunately not because you just train equal to us which does not make sense he's 40 plus One. year old 41 so no i think well, I mean, i've taken care of my body i, I eat clean uh, a lot of people ask me these questions but i wish i think our last am ame that we did uh, somebody asked uh, how to strength train and yeah, strength I think so yeah i i have been lifting for quite a while but more than lifting uh, i'm focusing a lot of what i put inside my body so i don't uh, clean I'm, nutrition clean mean. nutrition i don't say no to sugar i'm also understanding the importance of sound sleep which i was struggling for the longest time so uh, for athletes who are training for more than 2 to 3 hours or 4 hours a day 8 hours of sleep if you're not getting 8 hours of sleep you cannot be an athlete uh you cannot be the, of, of course you can be an average athlete or a, above average like but you if you're at your peak performance no you cannot you cannot just try not sleeping for 2 days in a in a row uh coming back to a question so yeah uh strength uh, definitely i think people uh, whenever i'm rolling with them or doing something that is physical with people they they call it the old man old man strength but i don't think that's true i train more than most of the kids uh, would ever dream of training uh i lift i run i grapple i uh, drill a lot i also do a lot of striking arts and plus uh, with us now with you yeah. we're doing a lot of judo and i never take a break so that's the only reason i think i'm strong i'm not saying i'm the best at what i do but yeah strength is something that uh, helps me with everything that i do but again what keeps me going is uh, the right kind of mindset because i'm surrounded by the right kind of people i'm uh, i don't have stress as my friend second i always treat my body right i do not uh, waste it by putting in junk it's not that i don't enjoy my ice creams i've begun to enjoy this ice cream from goa that i've just found so i indulge that in, but once in 15 days i stay away from sugar and more importantly i respect the body and give it rest when it wants to that's about it great that was a great answer so if anyone of you are listening and are curious how to be fit and in shape at 41 years of age that's the advice okay hopefully that helps you so yeah uh, piyush uh, coming back to conor mcgregor okay i mean from the time we've seen conor he has been the most boisterous thing i think the best thing to happen to ufc in my opinion in to mma to mma yeah because mma was not as popular pre corner as it became pro, uh, post corner yeah he just uh, brought the right concoction of uh, controversy some boisterousness some cockiness so that um, the things that we used to see between uh, let's say fraser versus ali that kind of uh, you know heated up press conferences remember 100%. he going to brazil and insulting uh, our friend jose aldo as if he was in ireland even yeah. with uh, uh uh khabib he was offering khabib whiskey and all that. everything that brought in all the yeah. good and the bad eyeballs the, the khabib one i think he uh, overdid just it. overdid it 
But apart from that, as I said, yeah, he made UFC and MMA and everything fun. He made it like a true show business where people were really tuning in to watch, initially watch him lose because once you become so uh, flagrant and so uh, in your face against your opponent, a little bit disrespectful as well, which you have to because it's a fight game. Uh, so that just changed the nature of how people viewed the... Uh, fighting in general instead of it being just a rash way of uh, human cockfighting as they used to call yeah. it I mean, it I became think, an entertainment yeah, I think I think that's what the corner brought about because without entertainment there is no money in any business yes. I think that's why WWE even though it's not a real fighting if you think about everybody it everybody knows it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, staged. it's staged but we love it yeah. we love things that are concocted we love uh, things that have a story behind it uh, Rock is uh, one of the biggest actors in the world, thanks to WWE. Yeah. And uh, that's why heavyweight boxing, because boxing is an e uh, a way easier thing to do. Apologies for the word easy. because no, it's true, because it's yeah, MMA is way tougher. Way tougher, because there are so many elements, so many different variables. So when things are easy, why do we love cricket so much? Because your father gets you a ball, somebody gets you a bat, your drawing room becomes your... It's easier to understand. understand. So you, you love football because you just get a round ball made of plastic or made of paper and there are two people and you are already doing... Uh, you're already playing football. Initiation is very, very young. For MMA, in India especially, we run an academy. We know people, are, uh, people still label MMA as a brutal sport. They think my child is going to be aggressive. Most of the parents who come in here... Until and until until and unless their their ward has been with us for about a month, they are still wary that is my child going to be aggressive. So, for a for a sport that is so brutal in its outlook, because there is blood, there is breaking, there is people going out and knocking, getting knocked out unconscious. Connor brought about that entertainment value that made it. Uh, so interpersonal, uh, so, so made it so personal for me as a viewer. So I wanted to have that swag. I wanted yeah. to move that way. He I brought wanted the to talk. swagger to you. He brought the swagger to uh, this fight game called MMA. So, so I think that's why that's why Connor is never gonna die out. He's gonna he's gonna be one of the best things to have ever happened. Like you correctly said, MMA, not just UFC. So, but what's with this deal uh, uh, with his friend Artem Lobov? So here's the inside scoop about that. Atim Lobov used to be the best friends with Conor McGregor. I mean, I think that's not right now, but for the longest time, they were the best friend. He was his closest training partner, his sparring partner. And you know how sparring partners relationship develops with you, right? Because you get so close, you are trading punches on a daily basis. They are helping you prepare for the biggest fights of your life. So it almost becomes like a brotherly relationship. Yes. Sometimes even uh, closer than that. So in this case, Lobov was the exact reason why uh, Connor started that whole rivalry with Khabib, which bit him in the back uh, later on. But in this case, Lobov claims that he actually gave the idea for the proper 12 to Connor McGregor. And uh, Connor promised him some sort of uh, uh, percentage or stake, but I don't think it wasn't written. And that's his whole... Uh, that okay I'm gonna sue, sue you now because this was all my idea you just took it and ran with it because you had the funds and now it became a multi-million dollar business which you sell for 600 million dollars so where is my piece of the pie so what do you think about it from a business perspective if you if nothing is written on paper you don't have shit 
Exactly. Yeah, I could tell a lot of things. I could say Jeff Bezos and me, uh, he had adopted me as his son. Yeah. Till I can prove it on paper, uh, there is nothing. So I think whenever you are getting into these agreements, uh, if you are into the fight business, any kind of business, you have to protect yourself first. And, and you can't be like, oh, this guy is my best friend, no, so he'll never. never do this to me. You've seen father and sons yeah. uh, getting at it. I mean, father trying to oust the son or the son, try, try, son trying to oust the father. As soon as the big money comes in, it just yeah. becomes... Uh, yeah, it just becomes... Uh, money is black. Yeah. Money is... Uh, the face of money is really, really black. Uh, friends, family, brothers, sisters, uh, mothers, daughters. I mean, they, they're just pieces of a small little puzzle and a uh, puzzle that you can easily pick and throw. Because uh, when you're sitting at uh, about 600 to 800 million dollars, why do you want to share it with anyone? Um, if Connor was a good man, maybe you would have given him a couple of million. But again, Connor is a businessman. A We've couple known of him. million is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Nobody would Connor is a businessman at the end of the yeah. day. And especially, I think it's Lobov. There's no case. There is, yeah. there is nothing. What, what is the judge going to say? Oh, he said this to you. Connor is going to say, I didn't say it to him. I'm just so say with it. money, we can uh, say this with absolute certainty that Connor has now lost all of his former friends because he used to be friends with uh, Dylan Dennis also, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And look what happened to Dylan Dennis post-Connor. Uh, oh, my Earlier, God. he used to be in his entourage, be part of that same gang. And then now he's getting beaten up in the streets by some random YouTuber. Yes. Did, did you see that uh, viral video yes, where he got I have. I mean, he's being knocked out? He's being beaten up by everyone. He just gets yeah. rocked with the left hand on the face. He almost collapses. I think, uh, I think Marcelo Garcia, one of the greatest grapplers of all time, one of the best teachers of all time, was right in firing him and his friend. What is his name? Manchir Khera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both yeah. of these fighters were ousted from the gym for all the wrong reasons. I mean, these guys were some of the best grapplers in the world. And they got blinded by some lights that Conor bling. McGregor, bling that Conor McGregor bought. Now Conor McGregor doesn't give a, a two rats ass about these two people. Who yeah, are they? they? They were at the highest level in the grappling when they started uh, becoming friends with Conor. Marcelo Garcia is one of the nicest person on yeah. the planet. Even, even I used to doubt that decision. I was like, okay, maybe he's just being brash on Twitter, but why are you uh, sending him out of the academy? Because I still believe in a little bit of free speech that you should be able to say what you want at least on the social media, uh, as long as it's not like provoking r religious sentiments of global scale. You can still be a little bit... Uh, <coughs> you can voice uh, your rash. opinions. Yeah, you can voice your opinions. And at that time, Marcelo firing uh, was a difficult thing to digest as a, a grappler, as a grappling fan. And Dylan Dennis and Manshir used to be the top grapplers yes. during that time. And since then, they've been on a downward trajectory where... Uh, Dylan is now out on the streets getting beaten up, getting um, uh, just yeah. assault, assaulted by seen, a have random seen, bodyguard. Have you seen the way he looks? He looks shabby. <laughs> he got a mullet, yeah. yeah he's got a mullet, video. he looks very, very shabby and it's kind of sad because I remember watching his videos roll with Marcelo. Marcelo used to use him as his okay all the time. Yeah. And there were some amazing videos of Marcelo teaching some amazing techniques and his roles. Were remember the Copa Podio, Podio event where he fought in the Gi? And that against uh, Leandro Lowe, the flow grappling documentary. I have not seen that. That was one of the best uh, performance of his career. He was a brown belt back then. He goes to this event in Argentina called Copa Podio. That used to be one of the biggest jiu-jitsu events at that time in the key. And he fights against guys like Herbert Santos, mm -hmm. against Nicolas Miragali. Oh, what, what was it? Was it uh, uh, what, what, uh, 
It was John Combs as well John in the Combs same well. uh, oh, event. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've Even not, Dylan Dennis was there. I decided not to focus yeah. on Dylan Dennis. So all these guys were there, and it was the best of the best in the jiu-jitsu world. And unfortunately, now he is out of that entourage which he so famously associated himself with. Yeah. I don't know how he's sustaining himself, making money. So I think our, I mean these YouTube rivalries. No advices, but I think please, fighters, the bling is kind of bright. Initially, so if you're making some kind of money now by winning fights, keep that money safe, invest it well. Uh, invest it well because one loss is all it takes for you to go on a downward spiral. Downward spiral yeah. So it's going to be very ugly. So whatever monies you are making, please take care of that. Invest wisely so that you don't have to worry about things later. When you are absolutely secure, then you can start uh, engaging in buying yourself blinks. But again, just a suggestion, not even an advice. So yeah, that is Conor McGregor in a nutshell right now. I mean, he is one of the top uh, top dogs in MMA. Not one of the, the top dog in MMA. If you just uh, count the amount of money he's made over the last five years. Talking of money, let's talk about PFL. Oh, oh this organization God. is creating ripples in the MMA industry. Absolutely. The Pro Fighters League, led by Peter Murray as the CEO... One million dollars. So, so what does PFL does? Can you uh, explain? PFL, I think they have this league championship running throughout the year, all divisions, and the winner of every division is paid one million dollars. If you don't understand how much one million dollars is in terms of Indian rupees, it's eight point two crore rupees at today's market value. And that's what I think uh, the top shelf UFC fighters get paid once they become really, really yes. sought after. Otherwise, people are fighting for as little as $5,000, $10,000. $10,000, yeah. I mean, the last fight, uh, if the, if uh, those datas are to be believed, uh, Easy got $2 million, Pereira got $560,000. Uh, $1,000, yeah. So, one After having a legacy career in yeah, kickboxing yes. and fighting in the title contention so what is yeah. are they uh, they're also on ESPN uh, yeah. they started in 2018 and they have already completed uh, five years now they are the only promotion uh, apart from UFC on the ESPN and ESPN yes. is the global sports market head yes uh, so I think it's crazy uh, the kind of concepts that are being brought about I think this is something that we can do in India I think yeah. to uh, what do you think I mean for me this is the best way to get the right kind of people in the MMA circuit uh, by giving out not as much as $1 million, but about a crore rupees. Imagine, yeah. five to six divisions, four divisions in the guys, one division, uh, one or two women just division. just the right investors. Yeah, right investors, uh, seven crore rupees at stake. And you run this uh, pay-per-view kind of uh, soap opera on television yeah. or even an OT OTT format. Uh, if you think this kind of thing is going to work and MMA is going to be uh, as big as Kabaddi or even Coco or wrestling. Uh, let us know uh, what do you think. Because I think it is a I brilliant... I mean, outside of India, it already is. It's just time that in India, it just takes over Unfortunately, as a our Indian fighters are not making as much. Yeah. I know because uh, the only promotion that is paying the fighters uh, great salaries or good salaries is MFN. And MFN yeah. happened twice or thrice a year. And, and we don't know how good though. It's mm -hmm. not $1 million good. It's not $1 million. Definitely not $1 million good. That's... Uh, not one one crore is that's not even close to because one crore you can have a set career you just retire after that you can retire yeah. I mean it's a pleasant life it's not a luxurious life but trust me from where our fighters come from it's a pleasant life so I think uh, it's a great uh, a way to promote the sport and also get the right kind of eyeballs 
so yeah, is if anyone's interested, if you have deep pockets, <laughs> we would please like contact to, us. <laughs> we would like to explore that opportunity because I think it's a great way to build the MMA circuit in the country. Of obviously, it involves uh, bags and bags of money, but if you have what it takes, and if you are really a big MMA fan, if you have deep pockets, get in touch with us. So yeah, as uh, I think uh, uh, before we say goodbye, Piyush, any f- uh, final thoughts to end the podcast? I mean, this is the end of the year now. Today is December one, right? Yes. December one, the last month, and it was a pretty successful year, not just for the UFC but for us as well, because uh, we did something called Strangle. The fifth edition is now in uh, two weeks. Guwahati, baby, we're coming. So, guys, if you haven't signed up yet, please do uh, go, go ahead and sign up for the Strangle Tournament. It's going to be a banger to end the year with and just test your submission grappling skills. Uh, overall, a pretty successful year after the two dark years of COVID. So, we are very, very fortunate and blessed to have gotten through with it very successfully. What are your thoughts on this year? Yeah, I think it's been great. Five strangles in nine months. I think we are putting putting money where our, where our, where our mouth is. Yeah. Putting money where our mouth is. I'll say it slowly <laughs> for some of you to hear it. Uh, we've spent a lot of money in uh, about uh, in growing the grassroots level of jiu-jitsu in the country. So thank you so much for all the athletes. More than that, if you are in Gurgaon and Delhi and CR, if you want to check out some great martial arts, uh, uh, an authentic MMA gym, please give us a shout out. We are at Rebel MMA India on Instagram. You can also check out our website at rebelmmaindia.org. Other than that, we've, we are having a ball doing this podcast, me and Piyush. Thank you for all the love that you've showed so far. We, uh, yeah, we want to keep doing this so that we can help build this community that is so dear to both of us. If you have any questions, topics that you want us discussed, please feel free to let us know. Uh, through our Instagram handle that is Rebel Radio India we'll be more than happy to uh, talk on that topic until uh, so until next time it's me and Piyush saying a big goodbye thank you guys peace out guys thank you so much subscribe share done and all that good stuff bye